Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here today. I pray that this episode will meet you well, no matter where you are watching or listening to this. My name is Jonah Fair. I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. And again, it's such an honor to be able to be a part of your life. Color and Chaos is just a cry from my heart. When I find myself in difficult, hard, challenging, awkward, or just chaotic times of life, I have a knee-jerk reaction and want to do nothing else but run away from or numb myself from that pain, that challenge, that difficulty, that chaos that I'm going through. And I know I'm not the only one, and I meet so many people so often that they have these moments of their life and they just have that knee-jerk reaction that they just want to get away from it or numb themselves from it. But when I look back over my life, I see that it was in those moments where initially I wanted to do nothing else but run away from. Those are the moments that we grow the most, not only as people, but we have an opportunity to grow in our understanding and our relationship with our creator, savior, and sustainer. And I know in my life, I can see that those hard, difficult, chaotic moments were the same moments that grew me the most in my relationship with Jesus. And so this podcast is a cry from my heart that in the moments of chaos, that there is a color that can be found when instead of leaning into the chaos through our own strength, our own wisdom, or our own ability, we lean instead into our creator, savior, and sustainer, the only one that can make us whole. And so that's the cry of my heart with this podcast, and it would be an honor to pray with and for you before we jump into today's episode. So here, let's do that and just bring our hearts to the only one that can do something with it. Here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for your forgiveness. Thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I just thank you that when I am weak, you are strong. When we are weak, you are strong. And Lord, for so many today, there are circumstances and situations that feel so overwhelming, so much bigger than themselves or <laughs> so much bigger than me. So Lord, all of us, Lord, we, even if we collectively put together our wisdom or our strength, Lord, we are so small. We are so small. So Lord, we call upon you. We ask that you will help our hearts be responsive to whatever it is that you want to show us, whatever it is you want to do within our lives today. Lord, help us be receptive. Help us have a humbled heart. And Lord, help us just understand the weight of your kindness, of your love, of your mercy, of your truth, of your justice. And let that be what leads us into that truth, into that freedom today. Lord, we need you. And at the end of the day, we just want to know you more. Move us to the side so that we can see you clearly and understand who we are in you. So Lord, just have your will and way throughout this episode within my heart, within the heart of those that are listening. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need you. We look to you. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are here and that you care. So in your name we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Recently, I had the opportunity to travel down to South Carolina to visit with friends and family. And last week, I talked a little bit about this on the podcast. And specifically, one of my best friends, him and his wife, I got to visit with them and to get to see their seven-month-old child. And I've talked about this child before on the podcast. 
and I mention him a lot, but it still doesn't get old. Every time I see him, it's just mind-boggling. And I know many that are watching or listening to this, you may have children of your own, or even if you don't have children of your own, you you know a loved one, a family member, a friend that has had a child. So maybe what I'm experiencing and trying to communicate is something that is not new to any one of you guys, and that is totally fine. But there's something that I witnessed as I watched my best friend hold his seven-month-old child. And as he was holding his seven-month-old child, I, I took a picture, and I'll show that if you're watching the video portion of this podcast. But for those that are listening, I'll, I'll try to explain this to the best of my ability. But I was just watching as my best friend, he was holding his child, his precious, precious child, and he was just joking with his child and loving his child and giving him all of the care and the concern and nurture that one can imagine to give their newborn, almost newborn child. And as he was holding his child in this photo, you'll see it. Imagine someone holding a child in absolute trust and abandon in the arms of of his father with all of the protection and the love in the world that a father can muster up for a child and this child has nothing to rely on this child doesn't know really anything this child cannot feed himself cannot clothe itself it cannot do anything on his own besides breathe and he's completely dependent upon his parents And you may have had the worst upbringing in the world. You may have the best upbringing in the world. But at the end of the day, you are here watching or listening to this podcast. And you are watching and listening to this podcast because somebody in your life, even if it's just one person, somebody in your life or many people in your life took some care for you. There is somebody that while you had no understanding of anything, When you could not feed yourself, somebody fed you. When you couldn't clothe yourself, somebody clothed you. And when you did not have any wisdom or knowledge or understanding of this world and the pain and the severity and the joys of this world or the pleasures of this world, when you had no idea, when I had no idea of that, there was somebody, there was somebody who did. Our creator, savior, sustainer, our heavenly father. In his word, he calls us to himself, saying, come all who are heavy in heart and burden, and I will give you rest. Not only does he give us an invitation, but he even says, come to me as the child that you are. Let down all of your mask, all of your facades, all of the the pride and the pomp. Just come to the reality that you are not strong enough. You cannot save yourself. Come to me who can save you. That God who is so big, when he comes to us, we realize how small we are. And as my best friend was holding his child, if that child for a second thought that he can do This life on his own, he would be a fool. He would be a fool because he couldn't. He couldn't. And the verse that came to my mind as I was watching my best friend as he's holding his child was Job 38, verse 4. And in Job chapter 38, verse 4, Job loses all of his comforts, his wife, his children, his, his livelihood, his house. Everything gets lost. All of the comforts of his life get lost. And he's surrounded by some of his friends. And Job has nothing left but questions. 
Job has nothing left but questions. And in that moment, Job is crying out with those questions to his heavenly father saying, God, what are you doing? Where are you? And God replies in Job chapter 38 and verse four, he replies to Job's questions with a question. And God says this to Job. He says this, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. In this moment, heavenly father is telling his child, Job, Trust me, I am so much bigger. My wisdom is so much greater than anything that you feel like you can muster up or anything that you are questioned by right now. God was reminding Job, look, I know right now you feel so small. And because you feel so small, you in your head are making me so small that I am not bigger than what's going on. But Job, I'm telling you, I am bigger than what's going on. I am the I am. I am the creator, savior, and sustainer over everything. And even though you feel small, I am not. Job, I am not. And even though you feel like an innocence is gone, You've been through things that should not have happened, but is a result of the fall of man. Even though you feel so out of control, Job, where were you when I created the foundations of the world? Job, where were you? Where were you? Throughout the whole Bible, there's many moments like what has happened in Job chapter 38, verse 4, that parallel with what I witnessed with my eyes through my best friend just holding his child holding his child. And one of the passages in the scripture of of mankind, little mankind looking at God and just marveling at God, you are so grand, you are so big, you are so much bigger than I, is found in Psalms 104. And I just wanted to read this and let this wash over you, that if today you're watching or listening to this episode, you're saying, look, I feel so small. The things that I'm going through, the questions that I have are so big that I feel so small, and not only do I feel so small, but at times I can feel as if God is so small. If that is you, I pray that these words will wash over you. And if right now you are not in that moment, I am telling you there will be things that happen in our life where we are reduced down to rubble, and we do not understand why things are happening, and we cannot fathom where God is and how a good God could have allowed something like this to happen. You are not alone. God is bigger, and our God is able. This is what the psalmist says in Psalms 104. He says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are. You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make your clouds your chariot. You ride upon the wings of the wind. The wings are your messengers. Flames of fire are your servants. You place the world on its foundation so that it will never be moved. You clothe the earth with floods of water, water that covered even the mountains. At your command, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. 
Then you set a firm boundary for the seas so that they will never again cover the earth. You make springs pour water into the ravines so streams gush down from the mountains. They provide water for all the animals and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside their streams and sing amongst the branches of the trees. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home and you fill the earth with the fruits of your labor. You cause grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food for the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to soothe their skin, and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests and the storks make their homes in the cypresses. High in the mountains live the wild goats and the rocks form a refuge for the hyraxes. You make the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You set the darkness, and it becomes night, when all the forest animals prowl about. Then the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. At dawn, they slink back into their dens to rest. Then people go off to their work, where they labor until evening. Verse 24. O Lord, what a variety of things that you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ships sailing along and the Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. They all depend on you to give them food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them and they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn into dust. When you give your breath, life is created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. The earth trembles at his glance. The mountains smoke at his touch. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to the last breath. May all of my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let all sinners vanish from the face of the earth. Let the wicked disappear forever. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May we never forget that darkness has no substance of its own. Let me repeat that again. Darkness has no substance of its own. Darkness is the absence of light. The beauty of this world declares the majesty of our God. Yet there is so much pain and hurt and questions and chaos that will find each and every one of us. And in those moments of chaos, it is so easy to take our eyes off of our creator, savior, sustainer, the one that created the heavens and the earth and that with all of his wisdom sustains all of life. It is so easy to take our eyes off of our creator, savior, sustainer and put it on ourselves. And because of the brokenness outside and within, we in turn fall for the false narrative that our God is not present and that we are the only ones that can do something with what it is that we are going through. And when we are surrounding ourselves with a life that is centered on our brokenness, then we will be slaves to that brokenness. The Bible says that each and every one of us were born into that brokenness. 
From the beginning of time, God created man and said that man and woman is good. But you see in Genesis chapter 3 that man with free will chose instead to rely on what God said that we were, which was good. We instead wanted to be like God and not submit ourselves to God. So instead, we took upon ourselves to create our own identities based upon what we thought that we deserved or who we thought we were. But God in his love and his mercy and his justice was with us and sustained us from that moment to this present moment here and now. And we find throughout the whole scripture, the narrative of God walking with broken humans to the point that God himself paid the only price that was enough to satisfy the payment of justice that was required for your transgression and my transgression, God himself, the word of God became flesh, lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve. And through his perfection, we are able to receive that forgiveness. And through his perfection, we are made perfect. As the psalmist cries out and he's just looking at the beauty of creation, he realizes that God, you are the only substance that my heart longs for and craves. And it's so interesting in the Psalms, when you see these moments of the psalmist just pouring out their heart and just focusing on the bigness and the beauty of our God, there's always a moment, there's always a moment, and you can see this if you read the Psalms, there's always a moment where the psalmist has this realization of the beauty of God, but then all of a sudden that turns their focus to desiring justice. When you see beauty, it gives you even more of a hunger for justice of the things that threaten and attack and kill, still and destroy that beauty. When we see the goodness of God, our hearts are broken over the brokenness, the brokenness of man. And at the very end of this passage in Psalms 104, the psalmist cries out, he says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to the last breath. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him for I rejoice in the Lord. Let all sinners vanish from the face of the earth. Let the wicked disappear forever. Heavy heart is not enough to reduce our creator, savior, sustainer down to our level. May we realize that our level is small that we are children completely dependent upon our creator, savior, and sustainer. And that creator, savior, sustainer has a name. And we know our creator through Jesus. The invisible God was made visible through the person of Jesus. And as we get to know Jesus, we get to know our creator. The same word that spoke everything into existence is the same word that became flesh and his name is Jesus. The same spirit that was hovering over the waters at the very beginning of time that you see in Genesis chapter one, the same spirit that enabled men and women to do the will of God throughout all of history, throughout the scripture and, and onward past 
what was recorded in scripture and where we're living here now, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells upon those that call out the name of Jesus to be saved. We have the fullness of God through a life surrendered to Jesus. And Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 18, verse three, that unless you become like a child, a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says, let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. There's a person in the scripture where Jesus says that there is no one that has lived that is greater than this person. Jesus elevates this person and his name is John, the earthly cousin of Jesus. And in John chapter three, verse 30, this is what John says. He says, he, Jesus, must become greater and I must become less. So here's someone that Jesus lifts up in honor and that same person said, no, 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 I must become less and he must become greater. That is the only response. That is the only response that we can genuinely have when we realize the greatness of our God. God, become greater, become greater. Not just an intellectual, theological concept, but become greater in my life through my actions, through my, through my words, through my speech, through my conduct, through my integrity, through the way that I, that I live this life. May you become greater and may I become less. And as our heart cries out for Jesus become greater and greater and greater in our life, then we will start to hunger and crave that innocence and start to understand the freedom that's in that dependency upon our heavenly father. That same innocence that was stolen and that same dependency that so often we try to cover up and try to act like that we are not dependent upon anybody but ourselves. That same innocence that is gone and the dependence that was robbed is restored and we're able to live in a joy and live in a freedom that goes so far beyond anything externally or internally, but we have a joy and a peace in Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 30, there's another instance of what we're talking about right here of just saying, look, I am so small, but God, you are so big. And this is a person named Agur. And he says this, I am weary, oh God. I am weary and worn out. I am too stupid to be human and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to the heaven and comes back down? Who holds the wind in his fist? Who wraps up the oceans in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name and his son's name? Tell me if you know. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may still and thus insult God's holy name. Never slander a worker to the employer or the person will curse you and you will pay for it. Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. 
They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy among the humanity. The leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more. There are three things that are never satisfied. No, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, and the blazing fire. The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. There are three things that amaze me. No, four things that I don't understand. How an eagle glides through the sky, how a snake slithers on a rock, how a ship navigates the ocean, how a man loves a woman. An adulterous woman consumes a man, then wipes her mouth and says, what's wrong with that? There are three things that make the earth tremble, no four that it cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king, an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally gets a husband, and a servant girl who replaces her mistress. There are four things on earth that are small, but unusually wise. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Rock badgers, they aren't powerful, but they make their homes among the rocks. Locusts, they have no king, but they march in formation. Lizards, they are easy to catch, but they are found even in king's palaces. There are three things that walk with stride, no four that strut about. The lion, king of animals, who won't turn aside for anything, the strutting rooster, the male goat, and a king as he leads his army. If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. As the beating of cream yields butter and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels. This is a man crying out and just saying, look, God, you are so much bigger and I am so much smaller than I previously thought. The hands that move everything into its proper position that exist before we ever were even a glimmer in our parents' eyes. That same God sustains us here and now. Even though we are so small, our God has never stopped being bigger, bigger, bigger than our human minds can ever comprehend and bigger than any chaos could ever tell us. Any heartbreak, any pain, any difficulty, and he hurt, wound. Our God is bigger. Our God is bigger. Any depression, any suicidal thought, any moment of worthlessness that we felt, any destruction that we've ever experienced or seen to beauty, to innocence. Our God is bigger. Our God is so much bigger. Matthew Henry says in his commentary, he says this based on the first six verses of what we just read. He says this, Agur speaks of himself as wanting a righteousness and having done very foolishly. And each and every one of us will have low thoughts of ourselves. He speaks of himself as wanting revelation to guide him in the ways of truth and wisdom. The more enlightened people are, the more they lament their ignorance, the more they pray for clear just clear discoveries of God and his rich grace in Jesus Christ. May our hearts when we're going through great chaos be, Lord, everything is yours. Lord, everything is yours. And as we seek you and cry to you, 
You can use anything and everything to send our way in order for us to be able to be sustained in the moment that we're in and for your will to be made known and to be accomplished in our lives. But Lord, our hearts, our small hearts, our fragile hearts, our hearts that are like children, Lord, our hearts are weak and we cry out, God, help your will be our will so that we don't fight against you and so that we lean into you no matter what great chaos we have in our lives. Lord, may we partner with you through your spirit that is able to give us soberness and clarity to help us be able to have exactly what we need and to lead us to exactly where we need to go each and every day. Lord, give us a soberness to desire your will for what we want to see done in our lives. Lord, our lives, our breath, the gifts, the talents that we have are surrendered to you because you are the giver of every good thing that we hold. Jesus, we cry out to you because we know that it's only through your nail-pierced hands that you can hold our scarred and beaten and hold heart. Heavy heart, no matter where the chaos meets you, may we, in our smallness, cry out to the God that is so big and praise him saying, God, thank you that you help me be able to stand secure and confident, not in my own wisdom, my own strength, but knowing that, Lord, I am in your hands, the same hands that created and sustains the universe is the same hands that will lead me through today. Heavy heart, may we cry out to the Lord in innocence and dependence like the children that we are. May we not puff ourselves up to our creator, savior, sustainer, but instead say, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. Have your will and way in me today. May we become smaller and our God become bigger. May we surrender today. I call myself looking in the mirror wishing I was someone else Cause I was born with this bleeding heart and veins of Break me down And I pleaded And begged And bloodied my eyes Just to feel it To believe it'll stick around Secrets were just to get me through, to get me through the night.
Innocence again. Innocence again.